welcome back to Sextras. Where we talk about sex and all the extras. I'm Honey and I love cows. <laughs> <laughs> that was my very fun fact this week. Yeah, who doesn't love a good old cow? Ah, good old cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maria and one time I sang at the Isle of Wight festival because I won a little thingy at my school and so yeah one time I sang at a festival (laughs) yeah oh my god I'm such a superstar basically you're famous (laughs) no but yeah I mean it's kind of cool I guess it's a cool thing to have done you're such a cool gal But speaking of cool gals, <laughs> we have a pretty cool gal as a guest this week. We really do. She is the woman who birthed me. The one and only. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We are joined by my mother this week because we just kind of wanted to chat with her about what it's like hearing us talk about sex and all of that kind of thing. But we also just had some general mother questions for her and we thought you know what better way to get the answers than to ask my own mother (laughs) and we're also going to do an episode with maria's mother at a later date so indeed but yeah we we've already recorded it and it was really fun to record and i think it's like quite an interesting combo and i think it's just quite a interesting questions to ask your mum that i guess maybe we don't even ask our mums ever in a lifetime so kind of cool yeah we hope you enjoy and welcome to our podcast (laughs) thank you how does it feel great (laughs) do you want to introduce yourself uh yeah my name is rosie i'm honey's mom oh my god and one of maria's second moms yeah yeah (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that. And my fun fact probably isn't very fun, is that my ex boss is one of my best friends. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> she is your best friend. She isn't is my she? best friend. <laughs> I mean you talk to her like more than anyone that's else true. that I know. That's true, I do. <laughs> more than you talk to me. <laughs> okay, well, but should we start? We want to ask you, how did you feel when we told you that we were starting a podcast <laughs> about sex and relationships? Oh, my memory's not that amazing, but as far as I remember, I was pleased, I think, maybe a little apprehensive. But um, but yeah, pleased that you were doing a podcast and that you were making something, being creative. Would you not have rather it was like about something else? Were you, were you not like, oh, does it... Shame it has to be about that. I think if something that you have an interest in and you want to talk about and it is important to talk about it, then no, I think it's good. That's good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you feel about it now that you've listened to it? <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> um, no, I'm pleased. I think you're doing a really good job. I'm proud of you both. You work really hard on it. And there were a few things in the beginning which I spoke to you both about that I felt were maybe a little too intimate that <laughs> didn't necessarily need to be broadcast. 
but no I think it's great and I as I say I think it's an important conversation to be had so it's mm. good yeah that's I good agree. Did you guys talk about sex at all? Like, did you kind of have an open door per se on that topic? Or like, was it kind of a bit hush-hush? Well, I always thought we were pretty open about stuff with each other. I talked to Honey when she was quite young. I think you touched on it last week or the week before Mm -hmm. about sex and sexuality. I think I was always quite aware of making sure that it was a normal thing that sex and sexuality that you know I I hope that I sort of instilled in her that homosexuality wasn't any different (laughs) from any other kind of sexuality which I think I did a pretty good job in actually yeah Um, perfect (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I think it was fairly open although having listened to the podcast I'd say that there are things that I guess I wish honey had told me that she didn't either didn't feel she could or didn't talk to me about or and maybe things that I hadn't hadn't occurred to me to talk to her about that I think maybe I should have done Mm. but did you guys like just talk about sex and like each other's sex lives or did it never really get that personal it was more (laughs) no (laughs) no no I mean (laughs) no I don't think it's that I felt like I couldn't it's just I don't know I just overthought it and I didn't really know how to like tell you. Yeah, I mean I think there are things that you can talk to your mum or parents about and there are definitely things that you should talk to your friends about more than you would necessarily a family member. Mm. Yeah. But I think more about things that maybe maybe situations that I've heard you talk about on the podcast that you've been in that you didn't feel you could talk to me about that maybe I could have spread some words of wisdom your way <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think I was just like scared to tell you that I was having sex at all I don't know why not because of anything that you did I was just I remember when you told me we were in Nando's <laughs> in Westfield <laughs> when we had a conversation about sex no first. it was in Oaxaca I thought oh no, no that's when I told Nan- you I was no it was in Nando's what when did we ever go to nando's (laughs) wait and what did honey say like what 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 did you even say in that conversation i can't remember exactly but i know we were talking about obviously obviously somehow sex came up and and i sort of said oh but it must have been after you broke up with your girlfriend i can't remember how it came up but honey basically told me that she had had heterosexual sex for the first time and I think it was with about four people that she met. No, 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 no. I know what you're talking about. It was like when I was like 14 and I remember you were asking me about Maria and her girlfriend at the time and you were like, oh, so is Maria bi or is she gay? And I was like, oh, she's bi. And then you said, so what, what about you? What do you think you are? And I said, oh, I think I'm bi. And you were like, oh, cool. Oh, and then we were talking about kissing boys, so I just totally made yeah. that up. And then you asked me if I've ever kissed a boy, and I was like, oh, I've kissed like four people. And then you were like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. Because oh, yeah, I was surprised that you had... That's what I remember being surprised about, you not telling me that. Yeah. But I get that it's not always that easy, so... <laughs> I don't even remember who they were. But you still did when you did tell me that you'd had sex with a 
male species. There were definitely there was definitely more than one involved. <laughs> really? <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like just had an orgy. It's like my first time. No, not at the same time, but it was more than um just mm. one. <laughs> I don't remember like telling you specific people. It just came up because I remember you saw that I was on the pill. I think that's how we started talking about it. Oh, more maybe. because I was on the pill, but it was mainly for periods. But I was like, ah, oh, you know, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> you never know <laughs> when someone's gonna slip one in. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then you were like, why didn't you tell me and stuff? And you were like, oh, so you are having sex then? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously slightly hazy memory going on. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was kind of a long time ago. It was quite a long time ago, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. But yeah, to answer your question, basically, <laughs> I feel like we've always talked about sex, but not specifics of like who I've spoken who I've slept with. I've spoken to. I've spoken to. <laughs> you do get that sex isn't just talking to people, don't you? I think so. After, like, a few years. But I think the same. Like, I wouldn't necessarily talk to you. I mean, I wouldn't talk to you now. I wouldn't talk to anyone now about my sex life because I'm married and I think it's different when you're older and you're in a long-term relationship. Yeah. But if you've asked me questions about have I done this or that, I think I've always been quite honest with you. Yeah, well, the first time you told me about sex, <laughs> we were walking down Wood Lane and you were like, yeah, so sometimes men and women have sex and that's how people get pregnant. And I was like, oh, so does that mean you've had sex? <laughs> and then you laughed and you were like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but I, don't, I wouldn't like ask you specifics about like what you've done. You have. I'm not going to say what because it's not something I want to divulge. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. You have asked me stuff. Have I done certain things? And I've said yes. I've asked you if you had an STD. Yes. <laughs> I think everyone has, haven't they? Pretty much. But it's funny hearing you girls talk about chlamydia because it wasn't really such a thing when I was your age. Mm. And so I don't know whether I had it or not. I might have done. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, you know, I did go to the the clinic and stuff and get checked up but for us it was much more about HIV mm. and AIDS in the 80s it was that was the big thing which as I've spoken to Honey about before I think you guys aren't aware of enough and that's why you should always wear a condom yeah or use one <laughs> personally wear one <laughs> did you get tested a lot when you were younger I mean, not a lot, but was it a no. thing to get tested just no. for other STDs? No, I mean, I think, I think if you went to the clinic for the pill or whatever, you would they talk to you about it and they would maybe give you the odd test, but it wasn't like regularly go and check that you haven't got mm. whatever. Um, yeah, it's only if you had a an itch or, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> you felt you should. So it was people were raising awareness about AIDS but not other STDs I just think that they fell by the wayside probably a bit more because that was the killer you know people yeah. were literally dying I mean hundreds of people were dying for it from it and mainly gay men but it was you know it wasn't exclusively that so yeah. I think you just didn't really worry about the other stuff because but you did you know gonna... they existed yeah yeah of course mm. yeah absolutely 
<laughs> I feel like I did. I would never have thought that you were like taught about other things. Don't remember being taught about them. <laughs> I don't. In fact, when you were talking about sex education on the podcast you were on the other day, I was just trying to think back. I have no recollection of any sex education. I mean, I'm, I assume we must have had some, but. I mean, my school days are a bit hazy anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> it certainly wouldn't have been anything more than the biology of it, really. Yeah. But did you go to a religious primary school? I did. I went to a C of E primary school. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and we sang hymns and said prayers every morning. That Yeah, we wouldn't have talked about sex at all then. Although we did, we had a really nice teacher called Miss Moorhead and she was pretty open about stuff. So I feel like there were probably some conversations going on there. And actually, the last teacher we had, Mr. Wynne, was gay and he died of AIDS. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Well, if you didn't have, like, sex education in school and stuff, what was it like around your house, like, the conversation around sex and, like, with your friends? We didn't really talk about sex in the house at all, not even with my older sister. I don't remember having conversations with her about it, which I think partly because I was the younger sister, so she wouldn't have told me about her sex life and she certainly wouldn't have wanted to know about mine. Mm. I remember when she lost her virginity, that was kind of, I don't know why that seemed to be a thing in the house, but... Really? Did Grandma and Grandad know about it? Yeah. I, I don't feel that I can say too much because it's not my my story yeah. but um yeah so I do remember that I mean I guess my mum must have given me some sort of talk I remember the first time we really talked about sex was I was seeing this guy really briefly and he wasn't very well actually mentally it turns out but we I was at his house and his mum walked in and I was sitting on the side of his bed and he was lying either on or in his bed with his top off but nothing else and all we ever did was kiss it was nothing but his mum told my mum and she then had a little chat with me about the birds and the bees (laughs) and then the next time we talked about it was when I had started having sex with my next boyfriend who was my sort of first love and his mum again told my mum that we were having sex. <laughs> so my mum, I remember it so clearly, we were driving around Shepherd's Bush roundabout. <laughs> it's all like Shepherd's Bush, please. Yeah. And she said, oh, I think maybe we should go and see the doctor. <laughs> about, about you going on the pill. And I remember being so embarrassed and sort of looking out of the window, not wanting to look at her. So we were okay. And then we did, we went, and I went on the pill, and then I was off. <laughs> that was your sexual awakening. That was my sexual awakening. <laughs> but that's cute, though, that she took you. Cause, yeah. Well, Grandma was there the first time I got my period as well. Oh, I remember, I remember being sad that I missed that. Aww. But well, you... I think we were in London, but... Yeah, you were just at work. Just she at had work. picked me up yeah. from school. And I remember a week before you were like, I think you're going to get your period soon. <laughs> and then I did. Ooh. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> well, what? how else did you learn about sex then? Did you talk about it with your friends? I don't remember talking about it a lot with friends. I mean, we would, we would share with each other when we'd slept with somebody or whatever. And um, there's one friend in particular 
who I used to live with for a while and I remember her going into quite a lot of detail about the shape of her boyfriend's penis <laughs> and that almost kind of encouraging me that I should have a go <laughs> with him <laughs> which I didn't but um she was probably the most open but I remember being we wouldn't talk a lot we would talk about sex I guess there were cert- there are certain friends that I would talk to more about it and we'd talk about various exploits and stuff but I do remember being embarrassed about talking about masturbation and stuff when I was younger and actually probably until I was into my 30s really I remember being at work and one of my colleagues talking about it female colleagues about female Mm. masturbation and sort of just not wanting to get involved sort of I can't admit that I do it which, is, which now I just think is so ridiculous because everybody does that's so funny so yeah I did talk to my friends a bit about it but yeah probably not as much as you guys do so how did you learn that you just had sex and that's how you learn yeah. <laughs> that's wild I mean but I guess sex education isn't like that you teach you how to do it. You're just... <laughs> no, they, exactly. And the other one was Judy Bloom. I don't know. I oh, can't... Yeah. Judy Bloom Forever, the book, was a big awakening that kind of <laughs> got some feelings going. And I remember it being everyone, you know, everybody read it literally in my school. I remember the book went round and round and there was a lot about <laughs> teenage sex in that. And Well, maybe there wasn't that much. I, I should read it again to see because it's... I just remember that being quite an eye-opener. <laughs> so how did you then decide that how you wanted to teach me about sex or how you wanted to talk to me about it? I don't think it was a conscious decision. I think I just was always aware that I wanted it to be normal. I just, mm. as I got older, I sort of realised more and more that we have sort of really repressed in this country about talking about sex and our bodies and you know the female nipple is such an outrageous thing and all these things that you know I can as I say just with age became more and more aware of that it was ridiculous and that actually if it was more normalized there would probably be less sexual abuse and people boys wouldn't be as obsessed about boobs and seeing them and touching them and Mm. you know all those sort of things (laughs) if if it was just normalized so I think it was just something that became ingrained in me that was just that I just wanted to grow up with it being an open as possible conversation (laughs) and that I wanted you to know the truth because you know you hear all sorts of stories that how people are told about sex they either hear it from their friends I I didn't want you to be told a load of rubbish in the playground about you know where the kids came from the stork under a bush whatever you know or from or not being given the full story of 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 the birds and the bees yeah. <laughs> as it always used to be called I don't know why because they don't have sex together so <laughs> yeah but I'm glad that you told me when you did because I think after that was the age when I remember all, like a lot of my friends started talking about it and they would always just say stuff and I was like I don't know what that means <laughs> like I remember they would just always talk about blowjobs and stuff mm. and I was just I was like nine I was like okay I don't understand and I guess because I'm an only child as well so it's not like I learned yeah and also yeah I mean I I guess I wouldn't have gone into that sort of detail with you at that age because I don't yeah. think that is necessary unless you're exposed to it in some way in which case then you have the conversation but 
Yeah, but I think a lot of my friends had older siblings mm. or older brothers or or cousins or whatever. Yeah, so they would have that... just told them. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on from sex education. Yeah. <laughs> have you always wanted to be a mom? Yes. okay I did no I I always I always knew that I wanted to have a child stroke children yeah it was just something that I always felt that I would do I guess I probably part of me thought I might have had one one (laughs) younger than I did but um yeah I always wanted to are you glad you had a girl so glad I had a girl yeah (laughs) girls rule imagine you had a boy that would be boring a different experience and I think especially as a single mother having a boy would have been harder uh, yeah. not having the dad around although maybe the dad would have been around more had I had a boy I don't know I don't think so <laughs> but I think raising a boy as a single female is harder mm. yeah I feel like and people make it more of a big deal if it's a oh, boy without dad? a dad. Like, oh, he what needs he, do? he needs a, <laughs> a strong man in his life. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you got treated differently as a single parent? Yes, I do. I think certainly the older generation would could be a little bit shocked by it in a way not which is silly because it's not like it's uncommon but I just think that my parents generation found it harder to sort of comprehend that you would have a not even a child out of wedlock but just that you do it on your own Mm. I think a lot of people sort of say oh you're really brave and you know but at the time it doesn't occur to you because you're having a kid and you just going to get on with it (laughs) Um, I do remember it sort of at the school gates or school events particularly in your secondary school not so much in your primary because there would have been loads of single mothers there there were not even there would have been there were (laughs) Um, but I remembered sort of feeling slightly ostracized at secondary school by a lot of the parents not your lovely parents obviously Maria (laughs) but um but did it? I don't know whether the the women felt threatened by a single mother to a degree, almost like you're sort of um, like maybe it's catching, or maybe you're going to steal their husband. Or I I definitely had that feeling, and and also just really remember never, you know, when you got together in groups of them for whatever reason that it's never you're not you're not treated as an individual. You're you know they were wives and mothers. And there was never, you know, I'm not. I remember being at various events and not once ever being asked about what I did uh, for a living, which in my normal circles of people or normal socialising would be something you'd always talk about to people, but mm. never being asked what you do or about your job or, you know, it's like your your role is is mother, wife, and that's it. And if you don't have that, then you know there's nothing else to talk about (laughs) and I remember finding that really weird but do you think that's just because loads of them were like stay-at-home moms yeah but that doesn't mean that you can't have a life of your own still I mean or be aware that people you know women do have jobs (laughs) crazy (laughs) 
<laughs> you know and yeah lots of them were stay-at-home mums because you know they were <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um I just remember finding it really odd that everything they talked about was their kids or their husbands and mm. I just found that as much as I love you you know I always felt that I was quite good at keeping my own self you know I was still me I still had a life outside mm. of being a mother yeah which I think is important to teach your children as well. I would have hated if you didn't have a job. Like, imagine we just would have lived, like, next to each other all these years. Yeah, that would have been... I think that would have been tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you worried about, like, how people would treat me as well? No, or not worried, but did not you notice... Worried. Not really. I mean, I suppose the only thing I worried about when you went to secondary school, because it was private and most people there were quite affluent, I worried that you would, you know, bring people home, that we lived in a flat in a basement, you know, we didn't have a house. And I worried that you would be judged by mm. your friends for it. Well, not judged, but, you know, <clears throat> people would find it odd. But I never felt that at all with any of your friends. Um you picked a good bunch Maria (laughs) and I never felt that it was an issue which was really nice Um, and I never felt actually from any of the kids they didn't have that sort of vibe about them at all I never felt any of that which was really nice because that was the one thing I worried about and also you going from a state primary to a private school I was sort of worried about you sort of being able to keep up, I suppose. But you always were very bright and you were fine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I moved to secondary school and everyone was like, no one believes you went to a state school because of your voice. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Should you have gone and talked me like that? Yeah. Like... <laughs> but then I remember at my primary school as well, everyone would always make fun of me because of my voice. Yeah, you were, you don't even sound as posh now as you used to. And when Honey was a little, she really, she'd like have my yeah. mum's voice. She was super posh, yeah. which is quite funny. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> how did you feel when honey sort of said that she didn't want to see her dad anymore i felt admiration for her maturity she was only <laughs> seven <laughs> and i tried really hard and i hope i succeeded in not pushing my feelings about her dad onto honey which weren't good i sort of held hold on to a lot of anger because I try not to do that in general in life but I I didn't I wasn't particularly thrilled with the fact that he wasn't very involved in her life because obviously she was my world and you know <laughs> loved her to bits still do obviously but um but I couldn't comprehend why he then wasn't feeling that mm. or being part of that but I think I really tried for Honey not to pick up on that and I hope that she didn't I really tried not to say negative things about him in front of her when she was younger I do now but sorry <laughs> sometimes not, um... <laughs> not that often though. not very often no it's not a general topic of conversation occasionally my feelings will come out if it's part of this the conversation but I yeah I really tried to just hold that into me and I would obviously talk to friends and stuff about it but I didn't want her to ever feel that I didn't like him Mm. or that I felt anything negative towards him because I wanted her to form her own relationship with him that was independent of that so 
when she told me she didn't want to see him I remember it so clearly we were driving to work and she was in the back of the car and he was meant to be coming to pick her up and she just said oh mummy I don't want to see daddy today and I said oh okay why not and she just said I just don't and I said okay and and then I think pretty much straight away she just said I don't I don't want to see him anymore and I was like okay (laughs) (laughs) so I just I remember being actually thinking wow she's seven years old and she's kind of got it you know independently because as I say I hope that she didn't ever feel that from me and I just thought god she realizes that there's she's not getting anything from the relationship which she wasn't because he wasn't an active part and when he Mm. was it was very sort of superficial I felt from what she told me and then later on other stuff came out which I think might have been why you came to that decision which kind of just made me want to go and stab him (laughs) obviously I would never stab anyone just a little disclaimer (laughs) but just made me feel so angry that it was just as well that she didn't want to see him anymore because I just it was it was better for me not to have him in our lives because it was really hard (laughs) (laughs) to be nice and do you agree with that like did you feel any kind of like from your perspective did it feel at all like your mum didn't want you to see your dad or like did it feel like she wanted you to see him like was it any kind of way or was it all just kind of like chill like what what your perspective yeah was it it was pretty chill. I don't really remember it that well, I guess. But I remember the reason why I didn't want to see him anymore. But but you didn't tell me that till quite a bit later. Oh, really? No. I don't remember that. But I don't I don't remember feeling like, oh, you hated him or anything. No. Well, I really hope you didn't because I really, you know, when he came around, I was really nice just to keep it normal for you when he was around, which obviously wasn't very often. Yeah. But I don't remember him coming over. I don't remember, like, anything before oh, me really? deciding that. Oh, really? That's interesting. Well, there wasn't an awful lot. I mean, he didn't. you didn't see him very much. <laughs> and when you did, I remember I remember once you t- telling me that you'd he'd taken you to his mum's house. And she went, oh, yeah, we went to see Grandma Rose and Daddy fell asleep on the sofa. <laughs> you know, and he hadn't seen her at that point for three months, whatever. And it's just like... But anyway, my main feeling, going back to the point, is I really admired you because I just thought, wow, she's so grown up and she's just, she's got it. (laughs) What a little genius. (laughs) Even from then, you understood relationships so well, honey. Look at you. I know. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's where it all comes from. (laughs) That integral (laughs) understanding of attachment theory. I just had it down. (laughs) (laughs) What was the hardest part of being a single mom? I find it difficult being asked that question or about being a single mom in general because I don't know any different. Yeah. But looking back, especially when you were really little, I think just not having the emotional support from a partner was hard I didn't really necessarily think about it at the time but looking back I think and looking at other people's relationships sort of being the person that does everything that goes to work that pays the bills that looks after the kid that gets up in the night when they don't sleep for two years (laughs) for two and a half years Um, (laughs) you know doing everything and having to think about everything on your own is actually exhausting Mm. you know and not but I didn't at the time I just did it because that's what I did but um but yeah looking back I think I would say that that's what's hard 
it's mm. not having that sort of emotion that you know at the end of the day even if you have done everything not just having someone to give you a hug and just say it's all going to be fine and you're doing a great job and mm. all of that affirmation I suppose yeah I remember my mum saying there's one summer in France that my dad just like wasn't there and it was like the four of us when we were really little and she was just like all alone and she was like to be honest like you know what sucked the most like it wasn't even that I had to do everything and like I was all alone it was like all the cool shit that like you guys were doing like how much fun you were having and like stuff that I just wanted to be like able to share with someone you know like that loved Mm. you guys as much as I loved you you know that kind of thing so I don't know I I so see that like you just want to you know share the like some things sometimes I do see that being kind of annoying but it's funny now because I I mean I'm not not reflecting on what you're saying at all but it just just hearing sometimes you know people talking who have got partners like friends now who've got smaller kids and they talk about you know the partners being away and it's like oh my god I had to do this whole two days like you know (laughs) on my own and and it's so funny because people say it in front of you and it's like they don't hear themselves and yeah. you just think, hello. Yeah. <laughs> 21 years and counting. <laughs> but it is, and, but of why should that's their life and of mm. course you feel your own pain. It's not, you know, but it is just quite funny. <laughs> you just think, yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you feel differently about being a single parent now than when maybe honey was a bit younger and like it was obviously a bit more hands-on and stuff I mean I guess I sort of feel grateful that I didn't have to first I didn't have to share (laughs) (laughs) and also I didn't have to I didn't have someone else's opinions I'm quite strong-minded um I didn't have to have someone else's opinions that might clash with my own Mm. on how to raise her or but equally, that's not necessarily a good thing either. It's it's always good to get other points of view. And I, I guess I did get them from my parents to a degree. And, you know, talking things through with friends. I've got quite a few friends that are single parents as well. So it's kind of always, you can talk things through and see what other people are doing that you don't want to do. <laughs> and vice versa. So I think it's probably pretty much the same as it always was, really. Um I just feel like she's mine. <laughs> don't want to share with mine? anyone. No. <laughs> Do you feel like you still have to parent me at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as you get older because you are obviously an independent person now and you've lived on your own and all those sort of things. But it, it is funny seeing the dynamic now when you come home and during this last period, obviously, of COVID where you've been at home a lot more than you normally would have been and you revert in the same way that I still revert with my mum into mm. kind of letting me do stuff that you could do yourself yeah but it is I think that's totally natural and as I say I still do it with my mum or I would do if there was a family home that we went back to you and I think you kind of very quickly go back to your sort of parent-child relationship even though I think we have a strong sort of friendship as well I think it's it's funny to sort of see how that manifests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I always get so annoyed at Sasha because he'll be like, you're so not an adult. And I'm like, yes, I am. But then I'm like, I, to be fair, you only see the side of me that's like when I'm at home. You don't see me exactly. being an adult in my 
actual life. Yeah, because so. I know that how capable you are of so much. And obviously you've lived at uni on your own. You were in um, Santa Cruz for three months, which I was yeah. so proud of you for. And I really admired you for that because that's a big thing to do. But yeah, it is. you are very much my child at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so annoying. It really annoys me because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to just be like an independent person I don't know the pandemic has made me be like <laughs> the real world is even more daunting now because I'm just like in the safety of this little house like I don't have to go out if I don't want to <laughs> but you will and you'll be going back to uni soon yeah and that will be good for all of us yeah that's so good <laughs> And you will relearn your your independent skills. Yeah. <laughs> and I have confidence in you. Yeah, but it's so funny <laughs> thinking about now compared to even two or three years ago. Like when I finished school, I would just be going out all the time, just like fending for myself. I was living it up, like living the life. I didn't really like, I didn't even see you that much. I feel like I was always out. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, it's just because we're always together now that I'm like, oh, we do this for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> help me. Yes, dear. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Should we ask some dating questions? Was it hard to date when Honey was really young? It was, for a few reasons. Partly I wasn't I wasn't desperate to date at all. I certainly didn't want a long-term relationship when she was young. And I had a few flings, you know, which I kept on, on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't, because I always knew about them no, secretly. You, no, you didn't. Some of them. Some of them. Okay. I remember saying names and you being like, no, and then you told me recently that you, <laughs> you did. But when we were talking about this, you were like, oh no, my mum like didn't really date anyone until I was like quite old, so you didn't know apparently. Yeah, well you didn't date people. I didn't date, I mean I did have a few little things that went on, maybe went on for a little while, which you definitely didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't, I mean, as I say, I didn't want, I didn't want to have a sort of troop of men coming through the house and her sort of, you know, having to meet different people all the time. Not that obviously that would have happened. And I did try doing a bit of online dating when you were little, but I kind of found it really difficult because firstly, a lot of guys don't want to date someone with a small child, which I totally get. Because if, when I started dating again and met my now husband, I didn't want to be with someone with small kids I think once you've done small kids until you have grandchildren you're just over it you don't particularly want to be around a huge amount so I do get that but equally I think I sort of had a paranoia about putting that I had a small child on my dating profile I didn't want to lie about it but I also got paranoid about paedophiles which I think is a thing you know I don't know if it is or not but I just worried about men dating me to have access to a child maybe that was me being over paranoid I don't know mm. so yeah it was difficult and also then having finding a time to meet someone then having to organize a babysitter you know sometimes people don't turn up or they're kind of 
so you know from the beginning it's a waste of time and it's just like that's a night away from your child that is completely unnecessary plus you've spent 40 quid on a babysitter that you haven't got so <laughs> yeah it was it was hard Han, did you care when your mum started dating and stuff like what did you think no i didn't care i think i was like yeah you should date I don't know if I actually expressed that, but I remember thinking it was good that you were mm. dating. Because I remember me and Roxanne, one of my oldest friends, also has a single mom who's one of Rosie's best friends, if not her best friend. And um, <laughs> we always used to talk about when our moms grew up, like when we grew up and what our moms would do when we move out. They'd have to live together. <laughs> So we would always scheme to like get them to go on dates and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I remember being happy because I just didn't want you to like be alone, you know. <laughs> but I remember when you started dating when I was a teenager and meeting just like some random Tinder guys, and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Did you ever really not like someone? Mm. You didn't really meet. You met um, the first Tinder date that I had, but you didn't meet a lot. Of, I mean, most people that I that I dated, dated quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> Maria's favorite, Maria's favorite expression. <laughs> so really, I mean, I've, I dated an old friend of mine when Honey was about eleven or twelve, and she knew about him. And I talked to her quite openly about that. I think I remember talking to you about that because it was it wasn't really serious, but he he was an old friend and still is. Yeah. And then the next time you really met, well, you met the first Tinder guy, but then it was I was kind of semi date again, kind of not serious thing, but someone for a little while, and he used to come round at weekends. But he would be the first person, really, I think. Yeah. And then you got married. And then I got married. Dun 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 dun. Would it have made a difference if Honey was like, I really don't like this guy? Yeah, I thought a lot about that, actually. I just thought, God, how awful would it be to meet and fall in love with someone? And, <laughs> <laughs> and then your daughter tells you no. <laughs> I mean, what would you do? And this, when I met my husband, Honey was 16. So she was already getting to the point when she wasn't here very much. Mm. She was at school or she was out with you or her friends or whatever. And from 16, really, until COVID, you've not really been around a lot. So actually, it was the perfect timing. But so it would have been really hard for her to have said no and mm. then just not be here. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's what's really difficult. And obviously, nobody could predict the situation that we're in now because obviously honey and he did not choose to live together and I know it's not always easy for either of them or for me (laughs) (laughs) so it's really difficult because you obviously want them to get on I would like them to get on more than I think that they do (laughs) now but I think there's got to be a point where I have to start thinking about myself which I think is what I did really when I started dating seriously when Honey was sort of 14, 15 when I really started thinking I'd like to meet someone now that was the age that I thought actually now I want to meet someone because I'm ready 
I've I've grown my child. <laughs> you know, I feel that I've got her to a point where you know she's got her own life to a degree now, and she'll be going off and doing her own thing, which she has done. So it's kind of hard because you you there has to be a point when you start thinking about yourself, which I'm not always very good at. So mm. you kind of have to find a point where you put yourself first. And obviously, if there was something really awful that she hated or whatever I, of course I would listen to that and and hopefully act on it but you know as I say there's got to be a point where you just sort of think I've actually dedicated 16 years to you just to me <laughs> not just to you because I did obviously spend <laughs> a lot of time at work as well with that sort of thing but yeah so mm. yeah difficult but I do th- I think we get on me and Sasha yeah I think I do think you get on but I think you get on better when you get on when I'm in the room and I think if I'm not in the room I don't feel that I think he feels that he doesn't want to push himself on you as a as a personality and I think that you're quite a closed person anyway so that's quite hard for me sometimes but equally (laughs) for somebody else that's in the house yeah I guess but I don't think it's that we don't get on when you're not in the room. It's just that, like, we don't have anything to say, really. And I guess, especially with COVID, like, I've kind of run out of things to say to both of you anyway. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you can say that you don't have things to say, because actually you have got quite a lot to talk about, I think, you two. <laughs> I just don't think that... Anyway, I don't know. It's hard. It's yeah. It's hard. I totally appreciate, as I say, that neither of you chose to live with each other so it kind of makes it into a different dynamic yeah I think it depends on my mood as well yeah it does yeah Yeah, she said that very quickly she went very quickly (laughs) but yeah anyway it's all good (laughs) it is and I think a lot of the time we have a really great time I think especially after dinner quite often recently I feel that there's a nice little camaraderie that goes on and I know that he really likes that and he sort of feels closer to you which is nice yeah I mean I like spending time with both of you it's just a little bit intense to like be constantly third wheeling on your relationship yeah I get that and I'm aware of it and I try to keep the PDAs down to a minimum but equally I'm in still a fairly new marriage and yeah that need to make sure that I nurture that (laughs) yeah fair enough really quite hard quite a hard situation sometimes (laughs) <laughs> but we get through we do <laughs> how does it feel since I've started dating like you witnessing me and my dating slash sex experiences <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting because you don't you sort of get more involved than you think you're going to as a parent um, emotionally I mean I think I very much feel your pain yeah (laughs) more than I expected to um or maybe I just hadn't really thought about it so but when you when you're upset I find it really hard and I feel it and then equally with your last relationship I felt quite invested because 
he was obviously here for three months and I felt very close to him and still do so that's kind of a weird feeling because you kind of miss them but you don't feel like it's your <laughs> it's not your business to be that emotionally invested in it but of course you do become emotionally invested in it so it's kind of weird it's strange and it's and I feel protective and I feel you know obviously if you're hurt I feel anger (laughs) and I have done in the past as you know and it's it's hard because I'm I'm sort of I think you take after me in that we're both fiercely loyal and you know if, if you mess with my people then you mess with me and I won't actually ever forgive you I can forgive people that have messed with me, but I can't forgive anyone that's hurt my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So, and I'm like that with my friends as well, you know, their relationships, if they're with somebody that's not good to them, I can't, I can't get past it. And maybe that's something that I should Mm. work on. And I'm glad, I mean, I remember other friends talking about, you know, their friend, their daughters, or mainly daughters approaching their sexual awakenings and sort of being like oh my god you know and I, and I, I remember thinking oh it's exciting because sex is good <laughs> yeah I remember you being well, like I wouldn't want you to, <laughs> to have that fun <laughs> I mean uh, maybe not you know obviously you don't want it to happen too young or anything but you yeah. want them to be ready but actually it's a good thing it's exciting and it's fun we all know we like it and it's, you know why would you not want them to experience that so I think I've kind of felt that to a degree <laughs> yeah I remember you being like oh, I'm so excited for you to be in your first relationship and I'm so I want you to have loads of sex like now you can have loads of sex I don't remember saying that but I'll take your word (laughs) you definitely said that I remember and I remember telling you about like specific people that I've slept with as well and you just like guessing that I've slept with them and being so excited about it you're like yes I was right (laughs) (laughs) as long as you're careful then it's all good (laughs) is there anything about my sex life that you're kind of like oh I really don't want to know that or I don't need to know that I mean again just real specifics I think sort of I don't mind hearing that you've done stuff I don't particularly want to know the intimate details of that thing but again as I say I don't think you really necessarily need to talk about that with anybody other than maybe Maria or or whoever or the partner at the time or whatever but not that I can think of I mean maybe something will come up and then I'll know what that thing is but yeah no but I mean not in the podcast setting if I came to you with something well if you came to me with something I assume it would be because you wanted advice about it or you needed to talk about something which would be different I, I you know so not that I can think of. <laughs> okay. That's not a challenge either. That's a challenge. No, I'm joking. I don't think I would want to come to you and be no. like, oh, this happened. Like, what should I do? <laughs> like, you know, I have sex. <laughs> and, but like, I remember when my last boyfriend came to visit and him making like references to the fact that we have sex and I'm like no don't let them know like I don't I felt so uncomfortable did you that's so funny because I remember you saying because of my and my husband's PDAs that you were going to 
Yeah. Sit on your boyfriend's lap and dry grind him in front of us. <laughs> yeah. But you can take that out if you want. To. No, I mean <laughs> I did say that. But obviously I would never do that. <laughs> but obviously you knew that we had sex, but it's just to like say it to your face. It's a bit more scary. Yeah, I feel. Oh my god! If my boyfriend, Mm. if my boyfriend acknowledged that we have sex in front of my parents, (laughs) I'd like have a heart attack. Yeah. (laughs) Even though that, like, my mum listens to the podcast. Like, she knows. She's fully aware of what's going on. But I would not want it to be acknowledged, especially by my boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Would you admit to, would you go to grandma to talk about your sex life? No. Have you ever? No. <laughs> no, and not other than the two occasions I mentioned earlier, I don't think. And the, yeah, I wouldn't, because it's not something that her generation would have talked about, and it's not something she talked about to me, so no, it's not something that I would feel yeah. comfortable or wanting to. Or, there's absolutely no reason why... I would want to, really. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess last question is, how do you think our relationship has changed over the years? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's just sort of grown organically Mm -hmm. as a mother-daughter relationship would because, obviously, I think we've always been sort of super close because it was just the two of us for 16 years I think we've got probably an extra special bond because of that and a closeness and an understanding of each other mm-hmm. I see you developing into me quite a lot which... oh no me too let's not talk about that <laughs> which is in some respects good and others not yeah <laughs> which is quite funny because Instead of seeing me and you is weird because I sort of see what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird reflection of yourself, <laughs> which is odd. But I think, I don't know, I think our relationships developed from being very close mother and daughter to, I think, and I think we do have a genuine friendship now, which is nice. Yeah, me too. Um, and <laughs> I still think there are things probably that we don't say to each other that we sometimes want to, but I think that's probably in the keeping the peace. Yeah, I was going to say keeping the peace. Or not upsetting each other about things, that sometimes it's just not worth it, I don't think. Yeah, I think when I live somewhere else, it would be different, because it's not... Yeah, it's just a bit intense at the moment. Yeah. For everybody. I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, Mm. people all, all around that are in exactly the same situation. It's just, it's, you know, there's three essentially grown ups yeah sort of living in three half grown ups living in a <laughs> in a very nice but not enormous terraced house and it's sometimes finding your own space in the house is hard mm. and we talked about this the other night about having a night a week where maybe we just did our own thing which we haven't done but we can implement as and when we need to yeah <laughs> <laughs> Marie is lucky she's been um in her house yeah bristol (laughs) honey says yes looking longingly and enviously (laughs) (laughs) okay well thank you for coming on and talking to us about 
being a mom and our sex lives. <laughs> our sex lives. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you so much, Roz. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And I hope you guys enjoyed, of course. And if you did, then make sure to just check out everything that's going on on our Instagram. Follow us there and share with your friends. And definitely, like, keep an eye out because we are putting loads of segments. We really want to do a submissions-only episode in which we'll just, like, answer your questions, talk about your stories. You can send voice notes or emails or a long dm or even just submit it through a segment on our story you can submit anonymously on our website so if you are feeling a little bit shy then you can do that through there and yeah we just really want to like get some of your stories and some of your questions give you guys advice do a little agony on episode so definitely keep an eye out on our instagram for that but everywhere else you can also find us like facebook a sexist podcast and and our email is sexistpodcast at gmail.com so if you want to email us you can definitely just find us there and yeah just share leave us a review on apple podcast or on podchaser and share with all your friends and we'll see you next week bye, bye. You've been listening to Sextras, presented by Honey Jane Wyatt and Maria Jose Hayodatiyi, produced by Mabel Productions. Thanks.